follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Kids channel. We'll take you behind the scenes and preview new movies and DVD releases. Now, here are your hosts for Kids First Coming Attractions. Thank you and welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Raven Devaney and today we'll be talking about The Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 2, Matilda the Musical, Lego Dimensions, Creed, and The Good Dinosaur. So to start off the show, we are going to be talking about the new super anticipated Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 2 and we have with us Shelby. How are you doing today? I'm doing fine. How are you, Raven? I am doing well. Super glad to talk to you today, especially about this movie. I am beyond excited to see it. It, I've been waiting for it for such a long time. So what did you think of it? This film has been so anticipated and all of the movies leading up to, you know, this final climactic film have been so incredible. So what are your thoughts on it? Well, I just saw the movie. I just said, wow, like everything was bigger and better than all the other movies. There was more suspense, just the costumes. Of course, they're always superb, but the makeup was just stunning. Everything was just through the roof. Mm-hmm. And I'm assuming you have seen the other films. Oh, of course, yes. Mm-hmm. So do you notice any differences in the style from film to film, or do you think it's pretty consistent across the board? Well, I think every film, you know, it's it focused on certain things. But this film, like, when you see this and you compare it to just The Hunger Games, you see a huge difference. It's not so focused more on the story. It's more about the action and the feelings. And I felt like when I was watching this one, I felt like I was right there with Katniss. And I got upset and she got upset when there was explosions and stuff that just changed the plot. I was blown away just like she was. So I thought that the director and the actors did a better job of connecting to their audience. Wonderful. So I feel like I have totally let down moviegoers everywhere because I not only have not yet seen this film, but I haven't seen Mockingjay Part 1. So I can't even go see this movie yet because I haven't seen this one. But my favorite part about Catching Fire, which is the last one that I saw, was the fact that there are so many characters that are introduced to the games that are more like side smaller characters that I just loved so much. So are there any sort of smaller not as well-known characters from this film that you can touch on besides Katniss and Peeta and Gale obviously? Well in this film there are smaller characters. I definitely found myself falling in love with some of the other characters that were Katniss but it was good to see faces like Nick and other people. So I mean there's, there's everybody. Everybody is in the Mockingjay Part 2. And yeah. there's another character I fell in love with, like Tigress, and she's another character that you get introduced to. So there's a lot of cool characters. Mm-hmm. So speaking of the characters, let's move into the cast. Obviously, we have star-studded cast. Jennifer Lawrence, obviously, is phenomenal. Josh Hutcherson, Liam Hemsworth, Woody Harrelson, Juliana Moore, Willow Shields, so many wonderful people. Elizabeth Banks. So what did you think about the cast as a whole and how they sort of work together and, and their sort of what's the word I'm looking for? Chemistry. Oh, well, absolutely great. Watching the movie, you can definitely tell that all of the actors have uh, have chemistry together on and off screen. And I think that the casting for this 
film, it, it was great. Like, I couldn't see anybody else being those characters. And I think they did a great job of showing the different complex relationships in The Hunger Games. Mm -hmm. And can you talk to me a little bit about the relationships that we see growing sort of between Katniss and Peeta, Katniss and Gale? It's been just, you know, a very, very long character development for all of the characters. So I'm, I'm interested to hear what you thought about it. Well, I think that in this movie, they spent more time with the whole rivalry between Gale and Peeta. And I think that it's more clear about what Katniss had to go through, like struggling, oh my gosh, I'm in love with Gale. Oh my gosh, I'm in love with Peeta. So I think that the the fans that are obsessed with Gale and Peeta, they get more of that time to see what's going on between them. But I also think that you see Katniss grow as a person in the film. So you see her relationships kind of change and it's it's really interesting to see. Mm -hmm. You are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions and right now we are talking about The Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 2, which is in theaters now and I cannot wait to go see it. I'm probably going to check it out this weekend. We have with us Shelby who is just telling me all about this film and the amazing characters and cast featured and the relationships. So if you have a favorite character, which I'm sure you do, can you talk a little bit about that? There's just so many characters to choose from. <laughs> it's just, it's so hard. It's so or hard. Or maybe a character um, that you relate to or that really stood out to you in this film? Well, I would <laughs> have to say Katniss. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to be that person, but it has to be Katniss because I felt like I have this connection with Katniss. I understand what it's like not knowing what to do. And I felt like in this film, it connected to kids that are coming of age because she's this brave girl who survived the Hunger Games and now she has to save other people and protect her family. And so I I relate to wanting to do the right thing, but also wanting to protect yourself before anybody else. So I really connected to that. Absolutely. I think something, I mean, I don't even think you should be like ashamed of saying that like Katniss is someone that you would relate to or that someone that stood out to you because I think Katniss as a strong female lead, it's like so important, not just for girls and women, but for men as well to see this non-stereotypical strong woman who is just like saving the day and doing all this really awesome stuff and being like super independent and courageous. And so I think that's really, really cool to see and it's really powerful, especially with a lot of times there's very like stereotypical gender norms in, in the media. So I think I think Katniss is a really powerful character for a lot of reasons. So one of yeah. the big things that I've been hearing about this film and all of the films, but this film in particular is the amazing special effects. So if you want to that would be lovely. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Special effects was a huge thing in this film. It's not like anything I've ever seen before. Of course, there's like this huge epic battle um, happening between President Snow and Katniss. So this film, like watching it, it's more intense than the actual Hunger Games. And there's a lot of interesting things that happen between Katniss and Snow while they're fighting. And there's a lot of special effects. So much. Oh my gosh. There's insane amount of fire. Fire. There's things being blown up. And of course, the game makers, they create 
these amazing yet creepy obstacles in the way. So definitely for the action part, I think everyone, including the whole family, will totally enjoy that part of the Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 2 because most of the time it's like, oh my gosh, we're just going to focus on Katniss. But this film has everything. It has action plus the the storyline plus the thrill. It just overall, it just makes the movie so much better. Mm -hmm. So this is the final film in the Hunger Games series, which is so unfortunate because I've always like every single year I always look forward to the new one's coming out the new one's coming out so this is the end unfortunately what do you think about the closure obviously it's based on a book which has wonderful closure but how do you think the film adaptation did with with bringing the series to a close do you feel satisfied as a fan or do you wish that there would have been better closure I mean I I've read the book so this film is exactly what um, Susan Collins planned to be the ending personally for me I thought the ending was not realistic. I thought it doesn't follow who Katniss is and what she believes in. And I did not find closure, but partly that's because I want to still follow Katniss and watch yeah. her like kick butt on screen. So, I mean, some people, they liked it, but personally for me, I did not like it. <laughs> I always find that. I always feel like, you know, when Harry Potter came to an end and, you know, that this is coming to an end and Divergent, the last film of that is, is going to be released pretty soon. And I always find that there's like a pretty even divide between fans of people who are like, yes, that was such perfect closure. Like, that's what I needed. And then other people that are like, no, oh, no. So I think it'll be it'll be interesting. I'll get back to you on that after I see the film. What age rating would you recommend this film for? Because it is PG-13, but I know... The Hunger Games does have, it, it does have violence, obviously, but there is a lot of really heavy emotional content to it as well. So what age rating would you recommend? I would say 13 and up. Um, mm-hmm. And that's only because, you know, there is a lot of violence, but there are some things that my, uh, some parents might not be okay with, especially since, you know, Hunger Games is kind of like no morals, according to Snow and what he loves to do. So, you know, I would say... Uh, I would say 13 and up would be fine. Mm -hmm. Well, I personally, as I've said many a time, cannot wait to see this film. Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 2 is in theaters, so make sure you check it out. It is going to be amazing. Shelby, thank you so much for talking with us all about the Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 2. I'm glad that you enjoyed it, but I'm sorry you didn't get the closure that you wanted. (laughs) Let's take a break. Thank you, Raven. (laughs) Let's take a break. I'm Raven, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. This week's show is brought to you by Thomas Edison's Secret Lab by Encircle Entertainment. You're a responsible person, and you're trying to do everything you can to save the planet. But are you doing enough? We've got the right person to help you keep on thinking green. Mario Jr. is the host of Alive and Green. The show is all about green tips, staying environmentally friendly, and having fun while doing something great for our Mother Earth. You'll want to check out the show Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. If we all do our part now, it'll only mean a brighter and better future for us later. Bookworm is a show for the reader and those that should probably be reading a little more. We'll tackle the classics, the bestsellers, and the brand new works that you won't be able to put down. Your host will be combing the pages of them all and letting you know what needs to be in your personal library and what might be better reading for the bathroom. Tune in to Bookworm, airing Thursdays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. 
We promise that listening will be just like delving into a good book. Tune in to Dinosaur Detectives with Little Miss Dinosaur, Anna Dubois. We'll not only learn about dinosaurs, but also about fossils, ancient civilizations, and ask questions from paleontologists. You'll learn about science in general with an emphasis on paleontology and dinosaurs in general. Anna hopes that this show will start or increase your awareness and interest in the field of science. Dinosaur Detectives can be heard every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Kids channel. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Brianna Hope Beaton, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today, we just spoke with Shelby about Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 2, which is another one of my favorites. Up next, we will be talking about The Good Dinosaur, Matilda the Musical, Lego Dimensions, a video game, Victor Frankenstein, and Creed's We've a Pack Show. So right now, we are speaking with 9-year-old Nathan from Boulder and 11-year-old Ryan from New York City about The Good Dinosaur, a film that I have been waiting to watch. So, Nathaniel, can you please tell us your original thoughts about this film? Well, it had amazing animation, like the clouds, the rivers, the mountains, everything. They were all, like, almost real. And the characters, they kind of seemed a bit out of place. And how do you mean? Like, how were they out of place? Because the background looked so real that they kind of just seemed like cartoons. Oh, so the background was really, really real and very, very realistic. And the characters were like, you could totally tell they were a cartoon. Yeah. I definitely understand. And Ryan, what are your thoughts about this film? Do you share the same thoughts as Nathaniel? My thoughts about the movie was I found it emotional in some parts of the movie because in one scene I was like tearing up a bit because it was sad. I don't want to spoil it, but just like know that it's like very emotional. And I really like the animations because in some parts of the movie it rains and I love how they show the animation of them getting wet and it looks real, real looks realistic and so does the background. I'm kind of agreeing with Nathaniel and how the characters looked not realistic like Arlo the main character he didn't really look realistic but Spock kind of does see and speaking about all the characters and the scenes and the background and all those different things can you please enlighten us on what the story is like quickly about you know what they grow through and things that they do for those who don't know the storyline the storyline is about the asteroid that killed the dinosaurs it's talking about what would happen if the asteroid that killed dinosaurs passed through earth and dinosaurs were alive and then they Included a relationship with humans, so humans and dinosaurs live together, but the humans and some of the dinosaurs don't really get along. Which is to be expected. <laughs> yeah, and at the time the humans don't speak, so they're not like saying hi everybody, they're mostly like making noises. And the movie is about, well, it's focusing on the main character Arlo. He's a, a coward, he's mostly scared of every little thing in life. So then one day he chases Spot due to a situation and they both fall fall into a waterfall which separates them from their from uh, their home. So they have to find their way back. This film sounds very interesting. I've talked to other people that have seen this film and my classmates and things like that and they say it's really good and some of them say, yeah, the 
animation, so it's good to hear a lot of different opinions about this film. So Nathaniel, hearing that they don't speak actual words, or at least the humans don't, how do you think that fits into this film? I think it does pretty good, because if dinosaurs have lived that long, I think that it's around the area where people first started to develop, so they were like cavemen. So I actually think it's pretty realistic. And do you think it's easier to follow along, or, or is it, since there are no words, it's kind of like, I don't know what's going on. No, you can kind of see that how they talk to each other just by how they move and how they look. And it basically, you can tell, and it's not actually that confusing, which I think that they did great. Well, good to know. At least I know when I go in to watch this movie, I won't be like, well, I don't really know what's going on. Good to know that everything is non-confusing. So, Ryan, how do you think the character development is in this little film? Do you do they stay in one spot? Do they grow? Do they add courage or, or dramatics or, or anything else? Do there do all of the characters grow, or most of the characters? The characters that have grown throughout the movie would have to be Arlo, because at first he was extremely scared of everything outside of his home, but then during the journey, he changes and becomes more brave. I remember there was this one scene where he became brave, and I was on the edge of my seats thinking, would he help this character or not? And Spot, he stayed the same, because he was already at a perfect I definitely think that Arlo in this film is, I guess, the classic case of someone who has a situation or a problem, and then they go through situations in life or certain obstacles in life, and they grow and they mature and they develop into this better person, or the, in this case, a better, a better dinosaur. So I'm glad that this portrays the classic life story. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network, and today we are talking about The Good Dinosaur, Matilda the Musical, Lego Dimensions video games, and Victor Frankenstein and Creed. So right now, let's continue speaking with Nathaniel and Ryan about The Good Dinosaur, and we were just talking about how the characters develop and how they grow throughout this film. So Nathaniel, what do you think the age range of this film is? Well, it's actually not that bad. I'd say maybe like four or five and up because if it was below all like the kind of quick moving and the sadness would be a bit too harsh for younger ages. Mm -hmm. You don't think the younger peoples can really understand and grasp what's going on? Yeah. And it seems like this film has a lot of humor. So Ryan, how do you think the humor fit into the film and how good is the humor and comedy? The humor was extremely funny. I remember when I went to the screening, when the first joke came on, everyone in the audience in the screening were laughing and so was I. And in general, I think a lot of people laughed and so did I. So this movie was fairly funny. And do you think it's a predominantly comedic film? Or are there other things that kind of buff up the aspect of the film? It's not like 100% comedy. It's mostly like there's a thing that must be done and then on the way they usually like, they bump it to serious situations is that the characters like make joke in a way it's like I don't know how to explain it's like in movies where where there's like a certain situ- situation and then there's like one character that would make everyone laugh so kind of like, light in the mood yeah light in the mood it's good to know that it balanced do you think after you saw this film you learned a little bit more about dinosaurs or you got a different sense of dinosaurs during my review I didn't really know what dinosaur Arlo was so I searched and I figured out that there was a new dinosaur called 
called an Apatosaurus. Apodosaurus. Interesting. And did you find anything else about dinosaurs in general? Like, oh my gosh, they eat so much more than I thought they would. Or do you think it's just about the same? Well, I did know a bit about dinosaurs before. And I did learn some, but not much. That's good. Ryan, how about the timing of this film? Because this film is about an hour and a half. So do you think it's too long or too short? This movie, in general, I think is like mostly like a good time. One hour and like 30 minutes is really fair so it's not too short not too long it's in the middle Mm -hmm. and nathaniel do you see this film becoming the good dinosaur 2 and if so what do you think it would be about it might and it might not because maybe it wouldn't because there's nothing else to do that they think of but if there was something, I definitely say that Arlo and Spot, or maybe even different dinosaurs, would have another adventure or uh, have something else major happen, and mm-hmm. that is what I would be looking forward to. I, I mean, I haven't seen the film, but I do kind of how Disney does how Disney do, does things and how Pixar does things and and how movies can go. I feel like definitely there could be another one if if they really wanted it they could definitely be another one and kind of on the same topic ryan do you see like little mini series because a lot of the time they'll make movies and then like a few years later it'll be like you know what this was a great movie and we should totally make little episodes of about the characters so do you see that happening ryan i don't think so because how the movie ended i don't want to spoil it but it ended in a way that the characters i don't want to spoil it so i'm trying to like say it in a way that <laughs> follow the foil movie but at the end an event happens which causes change in the movie at the end but i don't really see a, a anything sequel, else spinning off of it a sequel or like a mini series because i don't know like what would be the sequel about because the story had a good ending it wasn't like it didn't have like anything to work mm-hmm. off a sequel with and nathaniel really quick how many stars do you give this film i i think it, it definitely deserves five stars and, and ryan oh sorry continue i also want to add on it kind of ends off in a way that you can't really start off from so i really agree with ryan so it's like no go on the sequel yeah gotcha and ryan how many stars did you give this film i give this movie five out of five amazing and dazzling stars (laughs) well i'm glad that you both liked it thank you nathaniel and ryan so much for talking with us today all about the good dinosaur it's in theaters now guys so please check it out it sounds like a really really good film just like the good dinosaur let's take a break. I'm Brianna Hope Beaton, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Thomas Edison's Secret Lab by N-Circle Entertainment. What do you want to do? Are you interested in the performing arts? If so, make sure you tune in to the Angel and Harmony Show. Angel and Harmony have experience singing, acting, and performing in general and want to help you live out your dreams of the future. Whether you are interested in acting, modeling, dancing, or singing, this is the show for you. We'll even give you the scoop on being behind the scenes if you're a little shy. The Angel and Harmony Show is heard live every Thursday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. What's cooking? Join Kid Chef Eliana for Cool Kids Cook. 
Eliana is one of the youngest published cookbook authors and will show you that there are all kinds of goodness in food beyond the chicken nuggets and fries. On our show, we'll discover cuisine from around the world, learn some great cooking techniques, speak with some of the world's top chefs, and share recipes. Kid Chef Eliana is here for you on Cool Kids Cook every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. Bon appetit! Looking for an on-air community where teens talk and the world listens? Tune in to Express Yourself, an entertaining adolescent fusion radio program where passion and possibility populate the airwaves. Our vivacious teen hosts and star-studded field reporters from around the country offer stimulating segments and invigorating viewpoints connecting with the world campus of young people. We'll talk with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with experience. Tuesdays at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Kids. Express yourself. What does indie mean? It's short for independent. What does that mean? Whatever you want it to mean. When you are indie, you don't just go with the flow. You set the pace. Indie can mean a style of music, dress, or just a way of life. It's what sets you apart from the rest of the crowd. Everybody has a little bit of indie in them. It's beautiful. It's cool. It's you. Tune in to Indie on Voice America Kids, live every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time. If you don't feel Indie yet, make it a part of you. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Raven, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. So right now, we are going to be talking about Tilda the Musical, and we have with us Triana. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. How about you? I'm doing very well. I'm super excited to hear about Matilda the Musical, and it is touring right now. When I was growing up, and honestly to this day, Matilda is one of my favorite films, and I love musical theater, so it's like my two favorite things are combining. So what did you think of the musical production? I thought it was awesome. Like, every Everything went perfectly together and it really it's like really different from the original movie that I'm used to watching so I thought that was pretty cool and like during the whole entire play the musical we was basically they like they made us engage with this musical like the whole time like they had us more involved in it mm-hmm. so that's interesting I was going to ask you if you if you thought that it, it stuck pretty closely with the storyline from the original film but you'd say that it's a little bit different so without giving away any super big spoilers could you talk about some of the biggest differences you noticed? I noticed basically like the way the main thing was about like when Matilda went to the library and told the librarian some stories that mm-hmm. that wasn't in the, in the film and mm-hmm. by the way it's like this secret about these stories that she's telling. Yeah well that's interesting I, I've definitely seen my fair share of musicals that have been adapted from films or books and I've noticed that there are definitely some pretty big differences differences and I think that just comes from the fact that it's it's a lot harder to put on a musical production and make it you know look good for an audience where with filming you could just go in and like edit a bunch of scenes together and scene changes and musicals are super difficult to do so I understand that to a bit so with the songs since obviously Matilda the film is not a musical how do you think they worked music in do you think that it fit the storyline or was it a little bit off would you say I thought the songs are pretty 
pretty good and i thought it actually went together with each scene so i thought the songs that was awesome it was like pretty good and they were like a little hilarious as well that's good yeah i matilda definitely has a lot of comedy in it it also has some very tender moments yeah it just, it's just a really wonderful family film so i'm i'm assuming the musical would be perfect for families as well would you say so yes yeah and as far as uh the genre for this musical do you think that it was most comedy or did it feature some uh, some other things as well i thought it featured not just comedy like some sad moments moment and also like some kind of like little bit of romantic a little bit Mm -hmm. so as far as the cast goes what did you think of the cast and how they worked together and in all of the actors i thought they worked well together because everyone actually like went together like they were actually a family especially matilda's family they actually acted like how they were acting in the film Mm -hmm. and do you have a favorite character or an actor in particular that really stood out to you because of their singing abilities or their acting or anything matilda matilda yeah and was she actually played by a younger girl or was she an adult actress she was played by a younger girl oh wow that's awesome yeah that's super cool so as far as the set and costumes for this production go what would you say about that um i like the costumes and the set were really like extreme and they were bright colorful and it just all was it just made me more into this film it made me more, more like it even more because of the bright colors they had confetti everything it was just awesome oh, wow and you mentioned in the beginning that this film kept you super super engaged um what what tactics were they using to keep the audience really engaged or was it just the fact that it was a really wonderful production i think because basically because of the the actors because the actors were actually engaging with us and because of the costumes and the confetti as i said and the light just everything it was just all amazing and it just actually had me on the edge of my seat during the whole entire musical. Wow. Well, it sounds like a fantastic musical and good news for me is it's actually coming to Denver pretty soon, so I will get to check it out. If you guys are interested in checking out Matilda the Musical, go online and check out a full list of cities and dates. It's currently in Philly, which I'm glad it is because then Triana got to see it. So, Triana, thank you so much for talking with us all about Matilda the Musical. It was a pleasure. I hope you enjoy it. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions and right now we are going to switch gears and we are going to start talking with Ryan, who's 11 years old from NYC. How are you doing today, Ryan? I'm doing well. How are you? I am doing great. Thank you for asking. So right now we are going to be talking about Lego Dimensions, which is the new Lego video game. So what can you tell us about your experience with the Lego video game? My experience with this video game was that this game is very interactive because when you're first given the game, there's a toy pad, and then the toy pad, you have to use it more often than any other interactive game. Mm-hmm. And I was looking at this and it features so many different characters. It has characters from Back to the Future, DC Comics, Doctor Who, Jurassic World, Lego Ninjago, like just so many different, you know, things. There's there's Scooby-Doo, there's characters from the Lego movie. So were you happy with all of the characters that were in there or do you think it was missing any characters? I really enjoyed that there was different characters because when I heard that they were having so many worlds, I was so excited because I also heard that they have adventure world so even though you're done playing story mode you can see the portal world you can see Doctor Who's world that was very different than any other interactive game and can you play as each of those characters or do you just see them 
throughout the game. It's sort of like you must buy this character in order in order to play the character. So you have to use real money, not studs, as they use in Legos. Mm-hmm. So you'd have to buy a fun pack, which is like a character and a vehicle, or a level pack, which is mostly if you buy a character, you get to play a, an a extra level. So as far as the mission in this game, or sort of the goal, or the goal of the video game, what is it, and what what are you as the player trying to accomplish? Well, the goal is mostly there's a antagonist named Lord Vortex, and he wants to rule all dimensions from the Lego universe. Mm-hmm. And these three characters from different worlds, they must like work together to stop him. So they go to many different worlds. Like for example, the characters are Wildstyle, Batman, and Gandalf. Oh wow! And they have to work together to go to different worlds. And the Gandalf and Batman are not from the Lego Movie. They're from the Lord of the Rings series and the Lego Batman series. So there are different types of Batmans and Gandalfs. Because I know that Gandalf and Batman were in the Lego movie universe. Mm -hmm. And as far as difficulty level, what would you say and what audience would you recommend this video game for? The difficulty out of five, I'll give it a three. Because in the beginning, when you first start the game, it's sort of easy. But as you solve puzzles, it gets a little harder. I Mm -hmm. remember one hard challenge was Portal because in general Portal is like sort of a puzzle game so I found it a little challenging but I would recommend this for kids maybe 8 eight, and, eight to 18 because I feel like this is also like a good family game. Yeah for sure and I feel like even if I mean it looks like the graphics are wonderful which is, is my next question about the graphics but it looks like I mean even if you're not playing like if, if you have you know you're playing with your siblings your parents can sit on the couch and watch and be interested just by the visuals. Speaking of visuals, what did you think of the graphics in this video game? The graphics are, well, it's different on different consoles and stuff. Yeah, different consoles. So I use the PS3 and the graphics were really good. I could see very clear, look like I was like watching something on TV, and the graphics look clear. Even when you were playing a mission, it looked clear. Yeah, that's awesome. And do you know all the different consoles that this can be played on? Yes, I do know. The consoles you can play on are the Xbox 360, the PS, the Xbox One. That's the only ones I'm sure of. I'm not sure if there's others, but those are the only four I know. And do you think that this video game is just for fans of the LEGO movie and Legos or do you think other gamers who don't really have that much experience with uh, other forms of of the Lego product can play this game? I think that people who aren't really experienced with Legos should play this game because they included many things that aren't Legos like Doctor Who wasn't really was never Lego from the beginning or The Simpsons or Portal or Ghostbusters. I think because they introduced Ghostbusters and all those other products that weren't Lego and they made it Lego, people would be more interested into those characters. Yeah, it seems like it's very inclusive and it seems like it's not it's not for a specific target audience. It seems like if you're a fan of Legos, go ahead and do it. If you're a fan of Lego, if you're not a fan of Legos, you can also play this game. It seems really wonderful. Do you have anything else to add about this game? I would also like to talk about the pad itself, the interactive part. Mm-hmm. I like how it glows while you're playing the 
the game because they're keystones in this game and each one does a different thing. And when you activate a keystone, the, the toy pad actually glows and it kind of helps you in different ways if you play when you play the game. Mm-hmm. And another thing I want to mention is that you can actually, for, co- for vehicles, you can actually build them and put them into the game. But mm-hmm. it's only for the Lego pieces giving, given. And the only thing that I didn't like was when you were building the main portal to the game because I felt like it was time. It took me a very long time. Mm-hmm. Besides that, I really enjoyed it. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for talking to me all about Lego Dimensions. Guys, if you're interested in this game, make sure to check it out at a store near you. It sounds wonderful. Ryan, thank you again. It was wonderful having you today. Let's take a break. I'm Raven, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. This week's show is brought to you by Thomas Edison's Secret Lab by Encircle Entertainment. Have you heard your 15 minutes of fame? How about four times that every single week? It's the Fame Game. Listen as Maddie Rose, who is up and coming in the world of fame, brings you fame from all walks of life. You'll hear from doctors, teachers, mentors, life heroes, as well as those in the fields of acting, movies, music, and more. Who knows? You might be the next one Maddie Rose talks to on the air. Listen for the Fame Game every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. If the financial markets interest you, if you want to potentially earn a higher return, if you're not satisfied with your investment returns, or if you're only making 1% on your investments sitting in the bank, do you see the stock market hitting record highs but feel you have no one to trust? Voice America's own Jordan Kimmel, the host of Magnet Investing for over seven years, is applying his strategies of magnet investing and is managing individual accounts. Jordan Kimmel has joined InvestView, the Red Bank, New Jersey Investment Education and Asset Management firm and his team can help you contact jordan and the team at investview at 732-380-7271 or by email at jkimmel at investview.com if you would like a complimentary portfolio review or to speak to a representative call us past performance of investments are not indicative of future results investing is inherently risky all recommendations should be researched by the investor call investview at 732-380-7271 that's 732-380-7271 the voice america live events page is here now to showcase your corporate individual or organization's live event visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. At 13, you are just starting to become a teenager and are ready to move on to the next phase of your years. The squeals and screams are replaced by slightly less squeals and screams and you're expected to act a little more grown up. Tune in to Life at 13 for the answers and support you need to get through this time in your life. Your hosts have some amazing life experiences, and because of this, they have the know-how to get you through ready for what's next. Life at 13, Monday afternoons at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Kids Channel. 
Join us every week for the Paper Hope Street Team. None of our topics are off the table. This is a program that you can listen to and discuss with your family. From the pages of the Paper Hope blog to the Internet radio airwaves, we'll talk about the topics you want to talk about, such as friendship and relationships, or some more controversial issues about sex, drugs, and underage drinking. Join the Paper Hope Street Team live every Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time, on the Voice America Kids channel. Let's talk soon. Looking for a great sports show from a kid's point of view? Look no further than Speaking of Sports. We've got the stats, scores, and inside news on what's happening all over the sports world. It's all hard-hitting, can't-miss action from your point of view. You'll hear different perspectives, opinions, and predictions from the fans and experts. Tune in to Speaking of Sports every Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. Miss just one minute of this show and you've missed out. tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Brianna Hope Beaton, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We just finished speaking to Ryan about Lego Dimensions. Next, we will talk about Victor Frankenstein and Creed. So right now, we are speaking with 17-year-old Harmony from San Jose, California, about Creed with Rocky. So, Harmony, can you tell us about your thoughts about this film? Yeah, I thought that Creed was delightfully entertaining and beautifully developed for people of all interests, even if it doesn't include sports movies. I really think that the story itself is worth watching. I thought it was really well. I'm glad you think that. I have to ask because this is Creed and it has Rocky Balboa. Did you see any of the other Rockies? I have a long time ago. Yeah, I think that's everyone. I think we're like, yeah, we all saw it. We just saw it a long time ago. Yeah. (laughs) Is there anything that you can remember from the past films that were contributed into this film? Well, this is like the sequel, so having seen those movies would make this movie make more sense, considering it goes in like chronological order, so in this movie, Rocky's actually retired rather than being the main boxer himself. So mm-hmm. if people had no idea what the Rocky movies were about, they would just think that this guy is some legend. They wouldn't really know his past to know how much of a legend he is in this movie. So you advise people to watch all the Rockies before this to really understand and get this film. It's not really necessary as long as you know like a brief summary mm-hmm. or like the characters in the past movies. Just know Rocky's story, basically. Yeah, know where he came from, who he knows, things like that. What happened to him, basically, you know. Good, good. So, Sylvester Stallone, who is Rocky in this film, how do you think him and other actors surrounding him get along with each other, get along with everyone else in this film? Do you like the performances? Do you see any chemistry? I definitely, definitely saw chemistry, and I love their performances. It was really natural and brilliant, and it makes the audience really attached to their characters really quickly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Sylvester Stallone has been off the screens for a long time as Rocky. It's been, oh my gosh, many, many years. <laughs> many, many years. <laughs> I didn't want to do the math, but you know, <laughs> it's been many years since he's played as Rocky. So coming back was really a bold move and he did it perfectly. So that's um, good. Nice and refreshing. I remember, I mean, I don't actually remember watching the full length films of any of the Rocky films, but I remember sitting with my dad who was called Rocky, not for boxing because he didn't do boxing, but in Philadelphia, he was just 
nicknamed Rocky for some unknown reason. But I remember watching it with my dad and just seeing snippets and, you know, hearing him laugh and things like that. So even though I know nothing about Rocky, I've seen I've seen some of the films, which but I don't remember anything about them, which is weird. But I have the memories with my dad and watching them. So I will probably definitely see this film because I have such a strong connection with my dad. The fans of Rocky are really going to want to see this film. How do you think the writer-director Ryan Coogler worked Rocky Balboa into this film? I thought Ryan Coogler did an amazing job considering this movie is a spinoff. So those are quite risky because the original series already has set expectations and at most of the time spinoffs, they can kind of ruin the original series for people. <laughs> I've seen a lot of times where things, like they'll make films or they make movies or whatever and then it'll, some time will go by and they'll be like, you know what, let's just, let's do something out of it because I, I don't know if it's a lack of this or a lack of that but I feel like they make these things and then I'll see them and I'm like, you know, now I'm now I'm kind of disappointed with the whole franchise altogether. So I'm glad that this turned out really well in your opinion. Yes, definitely. It <laughs> left all the fans content with the continued legacy. And since there have been so many, you know, Rocky 1 and Rocky 2 and, and all these different things in Creed as this film, do you see this film going somewhere else onto a sequel? No. I, I mean, it ended. Like, it was okay. Like, this is the end, I think. I mean, unless they are making another one, but I'm pretty sure that was a closure of the series. <laughs> it's good to know. <laughs> I mean, not that it's bad or anything, but it's good to know that you get that feeling like, okay, we're good. We're yeah, done. There's no more. <laughs> the ending was satisfying, and I'm happy where they left it off. <laughs> I'm glad to know. And Harmony, really quick, how many stars do you give this film? I think I know, but you know, I'm just gonna ask anyway. I said four and a half out of five stars. Four and a half? And why is that? Oh, it was just, it was really good. I liked that it had moral messages, which is basically like your legacy is more than your name. And it demonstrates the idea that hard work and determination leaves the legacy you want and that you can be the legend you want rather than where you're set to be and where your boundaries are already set for you. You can definitely pass those with determination, strive, and passion. So I thought that was really, really deep within this movie that people just consider this boxing movie, you know, seeing all the violence and stuff, but underneath it's really deep. So I thought that was really good, and I gave it a four out of five stars for that. <laughs> I definitely agree. A lot of the time I'll, I'll see sports movies, and I'm, I'm not athletic. I have two left feet, never athletic, never will be. <laughs> I see movies with boxing and things like that, and I'm just like, oh, so it's just about punching people. And then I get feedback from you and feedback from people like you. It's like, no, it was really in-depth that has this great message about looking forward and legacy and all those different things so I'm glad that it's not just a boxing film that I would not relate to. Thank you Harmony for talking with us about Creed. No problem, thanks for having me. Always a pleasure talking to you. Guys, it's in theaters now so please check it out. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network and today we are talking about Victor Frankenstein. So right now we are talking to a 13 year old Lainey from Boulder about Victor Frankenstein. So Lainey, can you tell us your thoughts about this? film? I, I loved this film because it was so cool to see what creations Victor Frankenstein came up with. And can you please tell us the, a little bit of the plot to this film? This was set in London in the early 1900s and a hunchbacked clown is destined to live his life nameless and being a mistreated circus freak of nature. And the clown is later given the name of Igor Straussman. Later, Frankenstein and Igor become extraordinary friends and partners combining their scientific knowledge and medical expertise to create life out of something that is already dead. And this story is totally 
told from Igor's viewpoint. Ooh, I, I feel like mostly everyone has this view on Frankenstein. You know, he was dead, and then you put some bolts in him, and everything's fine, and then zap goes electricity. I probably am telling the story completely wrong. That's what I envision it, and that's what I kind of get from the story. So how close is this film to the classic putting the round things on Frankenstein's head, and he's green, and he's walking like a zombie? How close is that to this? Well, I actually didn't know the other Frankenstein story until I watched this movie, so it was kind of new for me. Oh, true, true. I don't think I've seen, like, I've actually seen something about Frankenstein, though. I feel like it's all stories that just have been meshed together in my head. And, you know, I may be telling it completely wrong. That may, you know what? I don't even know what I'm talking about anymore. (laughs) So this looks like a really, to me, I get scared very easily in some instances. So this looks like a film that would scare me. Is that true? Well, I don't really think this film is that scary. There are definitely some scary parts to it, but all in all, it's just mostly about Igor and Frankenstein's friendship and what they create, but there is a few pop-out scenes. Mm -hmm. And speaking about those pop-out scenes or scary parts, do you think it's too much for younger ages? And speaking about ages, what age range would you give this film? I recommend this movie for ages 11 and up because, again, it is pretty scary at times, and it is very intense. Is there anything that stood out to you in this film? Yes. Well, the very beginning, the circus scene, was really cool because Igor was escaping from the circus where he was being mistreated with Victor Frankenstein. It was this really cool scene and there was a lot of special effects and it was kind of funny too. And do you see yourself as any of the characters? Like, if you had to trade places with any of the characters in this film, who would it be and why? Oh, okay. I would trade places with Lorelai because she's really kind and compassionate. And who is Lorelai in this film? She is a trapeze artist who is in the circus and her and Igor meet. I, okay, I have to say this because Victor Frankenstein, definitely now they have a lot of these films where it's like kind of bringing them back up from the dead. Not actuality, but theoretically like movies about things that Cinderella has been one that's like, oh, you know, well, this was all the way back then and now we're bringing it back 12 different ways, but we'll talk about that another time. Anyway, I feel like a lot of these stories are being rung back into the theaters and back into films. Do you feel the sense that it's it's worn out or it, it's already been told or anything like that? I mean, I know you haven't heard any of the other Frankenstein type of things, but do you get that feeling from this film? Well, I do get the feeling from this film that a lot of people already know the typical Frankenstein story. Like, I knew the basic Frankenstein story, but I didn't really know much like at all. I just basically knew his name and that's about it. Me. That's me. <laughs> And how many stars do you give this film? I give this film a 5 out of 5 stars because since I haven't seen it before, it was unpredictable. And it also has really impressive performances by the main characters and especially Daniel Radcliffe who plays Igor. And seeing how this, seeing that from the trailers and things like that, that it is intense, how is the soundtrack and the score to this film? The soundtrack, it really adds to the movie because the movie is already pretty suspenseful. And then when you add in the music, it's even more suspenseful. I'm definitely a fan of music. That is a question that I like to ask film critics and people in general about films. How did the music kind of blossom this film? So thank you for talking about it. And thank you for talking about Victor Frankenstein, Lainey. Thank you. (laughs) It's in theaters now. It sounds really dramatic and horrific and and sci-fi-ish. So please check it out, guys. Thanks so much for joining with us today. You have been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Be sure to watch our video reviews of the latest film and DVD releases and learn how you can become a 
the Kids First Film Critic, go to www.kidsfirst.org. Please be sure to check out our blog on the teen section of Huffington Post. This show is produced by the Coalition for Quality Children's Media on the Voice America Kids Network. Today's show is sponsored by Thomas Edison Secret Lab by N-Circle Entertainment. Thanks for listening. Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Now you know more about which movies are playing and can make an informed decision. Tune in again next week. what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN.